2: At number one on the bottom films of all time list, it's the studio system. Fuck them.
1: <laughs> okay, there we go. So that's how we're
2: starting all of these ones. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, we're staying a little bit out of studio lines today, uh, public domain with strikes and stuff going on. But these are when this it was, was
2: made, this would have been a studio film, though, right?
1: Kind of. This is weird. Uh, today we are talking Sherlock Jr and Steamboatville jr both buster keaton productions which is one of the key terms here and um well i don't know i guess we should do a quick introduction before i get into it yeah Go. It's, kind of a, it's a question with a big answer is, is the issue so hi it's matt it's luke uh and... mark is uh, mark is going to be doing the silent treatment today for a silent movie a pair of silent movies but no actually he's 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 ailing a bit so hopefully he'll be back soon uh so filling in the Mark chair today is Spencer. Hi, Spencer.
0: Hello. playing, playing the role of Mark is Spencer.
1: That's right. So, um, yeah, uh, well, I just see we just playing the together. role of
2: Matt is Luke and playing the role of Luke is Matt.
1: Mm, okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I should do a fake accent. I'd have to change. Look, my but I think we
2: should call each other by each other's names. for this whole podcast, I don't what, think everything. For
1: you, you want me to just say Luke Summerhays every time?
2: No, I just think you're, you're, you're what well, you can say, I'm not going to call you Luke Samae. I'm just going to call you Luke. You can okay. call me Matthew Comer just if you want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to refer to myself in the third person. That's cool. Like Bob Dole used to. That was, that was awesome. All right. Okay. <laughs> Spencer, Spencer Cormos will talk about himself in the third person.
1: Yeah, that, that's, that makes a great podcast. <laughs> 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 um, so this was, I told you I had two birthday picks. This was one of them. So I'm just using it up now, right? As we're this uh, the other one, I'll keep a mystery, but I think you'll be entertained by it. I I don't know, we'll see. Um, so to get to the question, is this Hollywood? Yes and no. Uh, Buster Keaton started out in the New York scene. You know, this is pre-union's and everything, and started making films with uh Roscoe Arbuckle, who's I guess better known as Fatty Arbuckle, but apparently, if you were friends with him, you didn't call him Fatty because it's kind of rude. That kind of makes sense. They made films together, you know, moved out to uh, Hollywood to start making films where um, Buster Keaton ended up with Buster Keaton productions, which sounds great. It sounds like he has his hand on the tiller, right? But Mm -hmm. Buster Keaton productions employed him. Uh, A guy named Joe Shank was a producer. He set up the company. He owned the company. He was actually the boss, right? And Buster was a hired hand on a company with his name on it, but was, given pretty much free reign uh Mm -hmm. shank eventually sold his production company to mgm so keaton also goes to mgm makes two or three movies well two silence about three talkies and then his career basically ends so he got kind of chewed up and spit out by the studio system (laughs) Uh. so i don't know i I, even though it is hollywood product it's kind of like a tell tell story i guess um and, and if you read, you know, you could go Keaton's life in many ways. Uh, I w- I was having a Keaton obsession last spring, which is kind of where part of this came from, right? And yeah. I read. I had two books. One was a biography. One was an, you know, ghost written autobiography. I think it credited the ghost writer, but you know, the biography talks about how his life was just dark and depressing. How the funny man on screen isn't actually that funny. Uh. Hmm. Whereas the autobiography is like, yeah, I've had you know, I had a few bad years in the 30s for sure, but I've
0: had a pretty awesome life.
1: So it's like, well, which one do you trust? You know,
0: <laughs> both. You know, if he doesn't remember the bad stuff, maybe it's good. I don't know.
1: Well, he remembers it. You're just saying that's in the past, and now I'm here, right? So yeah, yeah still The 30s alive and
0: still recognizable.
1: Well, at that point in time, yeah. Now, now he's not. He'd be very old if he was still alive. <laughs> um i guess i'll ask you guys what do you know about keaton because i've been an off and on obsessor on these films since i was like 18 or so uh luke what about what about you i'm
2: I'm aware of keaton obviously but the most keaton i've watched was that twilight zone we watched a couple weeks ago and then this
1: oh that had to like blow your mind a little bit because that's a he's you know very old and tired in that twilight it's nice to see him and hear him but he's very old and tired in that twilight zone
2: <laughs> yeah and here he's so young like he's everything's junior
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I, I chose the juniors on purpose um, i also consider them to be pretty much the best ones the general's very good but it's a little more dramatic in a weird way and then you have to start talking about like the confederacy and the civil war and blah blah and eh, i just want to open that can of worms and the cameraman is very good but um I, well, I just didn't want to bring that one up so uh that that was the first mgm one that was that little sweet spot where he was in the studio and uh could still like make a film properly so uh-huh. uh spencer how about you I, I i think i was uh your your suggestion when when we first started talking about this which is still on my mind is something called the gorilla uh which seems to be like a low rent like marx brothers or something or three stooges, I'm not quite sure which. And I I, I know Luke's perking up to the gorilla. I should hope he is. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah, yeah you're, I
0: mean when you were always when down for an ape movie. <laughs> when you brought up the idea of like doing public domain movies, I started looking through the list of like movies that are in public domain. And that was one of them I was I was checking. I was this is bizarrely interesting and probably up Matt's alley I think this might be something fun to do yeah that Um, was the one that appealed to me the most but uh (laughs) Um, but in terms of Buster Keaton I mean I knew of him I, I think I'm in the same 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 boat as Luke it's like I I knew of him I saw that Twilight Zone episode when we talked about it I haven't been I have as as much as I should have known a lot of the Twilight Zone episodes. I haven't watched a lot of them. And so as you've been going through, this is giving me an excuse and motivation to do it myself and also follow along and, and, and watch them. Um, <clears throat> so that one, I was like, oh, my God, this guy's hilarious. You know, the whole feet up in the air act of putting on the pants and that scene, that movie that was like that. That seemed to me a classic, you know, slapstick comedy, silent film, silent movie type of comedy. Um, and then uh,
1: Keaton is the man that uh, basically invented the slapstick and the pie yeah. throwing gag, so he's he's on the ground floor of this.
0: Yeah, and funny, funny you should say ground floor. There's a lot of building gags coming up. When we're going to be talking about the Steamboat Bill, uh, Steamboat Bill Jr. But um, I, you know, aside from that, I really never saw any of his stuff. I've seen, you know, Charlie Chaplin and all the knockoffs of uh what what is his character um the tramp tramp. yeah so you know that that stuff i've seen but this is the first that i really really kind of like took in his work first i've seen a silent movie in like i think two years or something like that i showed i showed my kids city lights but that was about it
1: yeah the 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 keaton's were just off of our good movies list where we do have a few chaplains and one um, one of the things of being a Keaton defender is you're like, oh man, but but he was so great, and every you know, Chaplin gets all the the notice, and that's what people see. And people are like, oh, so you don't like Charlie Chaplin? It's so, like, no, that's good too. I like I like both, but it did annoy me that these were like, I, I think the general or maybe it was one of the juniors was like 110 on the list of of 100. So it's one of those things where we just missed it, and uh so yeah i just want to scoop that up here i if mean you know shane godzilla didn't make the list right luke so we, we, yeah. we made
0: up for that <laughs> if something motivates i don't i don't know something bring brings his career back around maybe you know more people get get into him and it would be more popular i'm actually surprised that he's just not nearly as popular even among cinephiles as charlie chaplin is you know it's like well, the notable building falling down scene, of course, right? Everybody knows that, but they don't actually know who that is. Uh, when you talk about it, which is really sad, in a lot of ways.
2: I wonder if so. Would you say that Chaplin was more in the studio system, Matt?
1: Um, maybe less. Okay, he was a better businessman. He was able to keep his financial assets under his thumb, basically. I mean, he got kicked out by Hollywood too. He got uh, sent out of the country, blacklisted eventually, right? So uh, yeah. in the fifties. So Chaplain wasn't he of, one of the
0: founders of United Artists?
1: Yes, he was. So he yeah. started the studio system, but then made himself kind of his own mm-hmm. island and ended up out of the country too. So, but uh, United
0: Artists was like literally a a uh, uh, um like pushback against the studio system. It was United Artists. It was a group of artists coming together, a group of movie stars coming together to actually make their own studio.
1: True, true. But, you know, by the end of the 30s, I feel like, you know, the, the you know good intentions get grounded and just being another part of the studio system. So, you know, especially by the 60s, so you have that awesome, creepy United Artists logo. I mean, I would say by that point, they're probably, I feel like they're kind of studio. But yeah, yeah, Chaplin yeah. was not really... Into he, he was a much smarter businessman than Keaton, oh, yeah. which might be why you're seeing him on you know posters and stuff. More these,
2: yeah, days. that's what I was going to say is just because if he handled that side of it better, then his legacy would have been taken care of in a way that Keaton's wasn't,
1: yeah. Keaton either by the studio or just man. by
2: his by his estate or whatever.
1: Yeah, as someone who doesn't <laughs> understand money, I find that charming. So
2: <laughs> for me, I did, I'd heard a lot about Keaton growing up specifically in the context of he's the precursor to jackie chan
1: yeah for and sure. i've
2: read i've read like multiple jackie chan biographies and jackie chan autobiographies so that's the context in which i always hear keaton it's like chan was doing this stunt and you know keaton had done this like i see it i more of a stunt guy than a comedy guy um, and i do i do love silent comedy and slapstick but mostly in the form of cartoons
1: I can't remember the fella's name, but uh, the John Wick movies have a lot of subtle Keaton references, and you know sometimes you'll see like a poster of him on the wall because the director is, you know, the stunts and John Wick are supposed are very much. Well, the, direct- by the director, sort of
2: the director started out as a stunt guy.
1: Right, right. So, no,
2: the John Wick films are just an excuse to do stunts.
1: So, <laughs> and um, the John Wick guy's
2: leading the charge to introduce a stunt Oscar.
1: Ah, okay. They didn't Which, have I, that before. Okay, shame. That's...
2: shame we never had that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the bear, it's when you hear like 1984 was the first time they had like a makeup Oscar. You're like, what, really? <laughs> or it might have been 85. I think Temple of Doom was one of the ones up for that uh, the first yeah. year. So I hope um, they
2: bring it in time for Tom Cruise and Jackie Chan to win one before they retire.
1: And we're all deep enough in the track. Uh, uh, you know, Spencer's got these face nines as background there. Um, you know, More Brent red Spiner's. Redax. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yes. 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 Uh, Oh, yeah, I thought that was the D and that's the Cerritos. Okay. (laughs) well, it's a tiny screen here. Um, But, you know, Brent Spiner's Lieutenant Commander data is pretty Keaton inspired, just especially in the sort of stone face aspect of it all. Um, I guess we'll get a little more movie centric here and I will do a couple rundowns of I'll just do both Sherlock Jr. and Steamboat Bill Jr., and, and hopefully Luke, well, I won't see Luke glowering at me because the text is covering up his face. Uh, <laughs> Sherlock Jr., our protagonist, wants to do two things at once, hold a job as a film projectionist and learn to be a detective. While he holds his moral ground, while sweeping up the trash, he gets a little cheap buying chocolates for his lady love. The local sheet makes that bite him in the bonkers and frames him for stealing his girlfriend's father's watch. Our protagonist goes back to his job, and Astral projects himself right into the movie that he is screening. After a hiccup or two, he takes on the role of Sherlock Jr., bent on solving the case. He works his way through pool-based assassination attempts and driverless motorcycle rides to get his man. Back in the real world, his lady rather easily works out the chic scam, so film, filth, or the real world, everything comes up house in the end. And as for Steamboat Bill, Steamboat Bill Jr., excuse me, Steamboat Bill's a gruff, rootin', tootin' Steamboat captain having to face big Steamboat right in the face, but he'll soon have the assistance of his long-lost son. It turns out his son is a dandy, though, who is more concerned with wooing the daughter of his Steamboat rival. Though Dad tries to thwart this coupling, he ends up in jail once his Steamboat is condemned. Our fortunate son tries to break him out, but an incoming hurricane throws everything into chaos. Sonny has a few houses dropped on him, but wins back both his lad, lady, and daddy. The rival steamboat king ends up on the river bottom, and the unfortunately named Stonewall Jackson remains the king of this bit of the Mississippi. Okay, I'm finished. I try to make them short-ish. Matt. Yeah, I've
2: heard that name, but I don't know what it means. What Stonewall Jackson?
1: <laughs> He's a Confederate general. That was I assumed
2: too. it was something Confederate.
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, he he yeah, because he was known for you know uh, being unstoppable, and and then he took a couple rounds in the chest, like in the last day of the war. Huh? <laughs> but yeah so uh, again, that's one of the reasons I was like, yeah, maybe it's better not to do the general because then we'd have to spend like thirty minutes talking about that stuff where I think we're basically finished now with Stonewall Jackson, <laughs> I guess so um is he I one of th- the
2: ones on your big laser mountain?
1: Maybe I don't <laughs> remember he might be he might be one of the guys on there um I, I is it I don't know if that makes me a, a bad student of history because I'm from the city, but I don't remember who's on there. so guys on horses, yeah. Stonewall. Ain't you remember <laughs> the white guys? Uh Stonewall's a name you remember though. Um yeah. Yeah.
0: that's the name of my uh that's the name of my first daughter. Stonewall.
1: Ah, Stonewall J. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> then... <laughs> she doesn't get bullied at school for that.
0: <laughs> that's why we that's why we nicknamed her uh her, her name. I'm, I'm not gonna bring it up on there.
1: <laughs> we all we already mentioned the uh the Keaton persona or the Chaplin persona a little bit. Uh, another thing with the Keaton one, it's a little harder to put your finger on. So you guys having watched your first two full Keatons, uh, which are still relatively short, what, what would you say is his persona?
2: Um, I was surprised how like sort of foppish and camp he is. <laughs> well, not necessarily what I was expecting. Um, Persona is like, he. it's like he wants to just be like, quiet and invisible in the corner, a date a nice girl and settle down, and then mad stuff happens to him.
0: Yeah, I was going to say the vibe some, I got. more. Yeah.
2: It didn't yeah. feel like he was like, a wacky scamp who was causing all of this. It was like, he was really good at making it seem like it was just happening. And like, he couldn't help it.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's part of the stone face, you know, like the, that part of the persona, which um, started in vaudeville where he did an act with his dad, who you do see in um, both of them, I think. Yeah, uh, he's the girlfriend's father and Sherlock Jr. is Daddy Keaton. And uh, mm-hmm. they do an act where basically his father would like throw him around the stage and like act like he's, you know, punishing him and be very, very un-PC humor for today, right? Like they even had child services called on them in like 1910 about this. So, <laughs> but um, that
2: takes some doing,
1: but he was like, I know how to fall and, and we like doing it, or whatever. Um, yeah. But one of the things he learned early on is he got much bigger laughs if he never smiled, you know, like mm. if you're, if you're being a little stinker and then you smile that because you're being a little stinker, it's not as funny as if you look completely oblivious to everything, apparently, or at least in their mm-hmm. act.
0: And funny enough, though, his eyes, you watch his eyes. I mean, he's got massive eyes like for for, and I know like the eyeliner really underscores and kind of like accentuates it. But he still has big eyes and you watch it. There's a lot coming out of that. So it's funny that when when I was um, I actually didn't know that his nickname was Stoneface until I was watching. Um, there's a there's a podcast or a video series on YouTube called Every Frame of Painting. They actually cover him, and I was watching that a little bit. Um, and they were talking about uh, his persona to to some degree, and just how Keaton movies impacted other movies. But I was watching it, and I was like, you can see a lot of his stuff come through, like a lot of his emotions come through, and it's it's pretty impressive for everything else below his eyes, just like murk, not move, not moving at all.
1: And that's that's why I was bringing up data before. As a big Trek fan, I think that was kind of my key in the Keaton. You know, mm-hmm. I like data a lot, and oh, this is kind of the same vibe. And I didn't even, like make the connection, but I think I kind of felt the connection, so it, it was like appealing to me because of that.
0: Yeah. Uh, overall, I I agree with Luke. It's 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 weird. I was actually thinking about that. You it's, you know, he's kind of just the house falling on him. In I know we're jumping to Steamboat Bill, but that's kind of like the 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 literal embodiment of that whole whole persona right it's like everything's Mm. happening around him but he's not really causing he does cause some of it like he kind of gets gets people into trouble or does silly things or whatever it is but for the most part you know the storm is blowing around him and blowing him around and it's like Mm. okay well what do we see in terms of the impact of him getting blown around and all those other things that are happening, but you know, like uh, like Luke said with Chaplin, Chaplin interacts with a lot of people that causes problems. He gets, you know, he gets chased around by cops, whatever it is, and it's just, it's it's a different thing. It's 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 really a different style of comedy and slapstick.
2: But I think that's also where the Jackie Chan connection comes from, because Jackie Chan, like the fun of a Jackie Chan scene, is he never seems like he's the one in control. He's like just barely getting through by the skin of his teeth,
1: mm.
2: and like that's how, um, Keaton's doing it here.
1: And they're also both, you know, behind the scenes, like uh, Chan directs meticulously he? in control. Yeah, exactly. I don't he directs, like, but the stunts, he's in, like, he's yeah. in control. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I, I do know one of the first things when, and this is the same thing with Keaton. You know, when Jackie Chan first came to the states, you're like, you, can, we want you to do these stunts in Hollywood films, it's like, well, I'm going to need like two weeks for this one shot. And they're like, oh, God, they don't want to do that. It was the same thing with Keaton. Uh, The movies were kind of expensive because you'd have to do this an awful lot before, you know, you got to set up that house or you're going to crush a dude, you know?
0: (laughs) But he also, I think he also had said um, that he didn't want to do any of these stunts if it couldn't be done in one shot. Like, he wanted everything happening in one shot so that people would believe it. Like, he didn't think people would believe things were falling on him if it was like oh you see the house falling and then they cut to another angle and then he's standing in the middle of the house well i mean anybody can do that right or the there's there's the other one in sherlock jr where he's on the roof and he grabs the 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 top thing yeah Yeah. (laughs) the gate and he's if i hang all the way down i'm thinking about that going oh my god you literally see him climb all the way up He's, or he's on the roof after following the guy and getting locked out and you see him running around and then I was like, oh my God, that's really scary. <laughs> yeah, the,
2: the one that stuck out for me was on the train where the different carriages are going past and he's staying in place. And yeah, again, all in one shot. Yep. I mean, yeah, and Jackie Chan takes that to the next level by shooting it th- three different angles and showing all three.
0: <laughs> yeah, because he can, right? I mean, that's yeah. just like... It's, it's yeah, I mean, that's the difference in... Cameras, you got more cameras.
1: Right? yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and um i mean uh, again i guess i will if people want to continue i would refer them to the general where he you know rides a moving train stunt for a while which a uh, slip and you have now ground yourself in a hamburger and they uh, uh they drive a train off a bridge so in the mid-20s so that, that's pretty impressive like in one shot not models i, I guess that's nice. part of the thing here like you're like to the modern eye it's like yeah you can do that but you're like, wait a minute there's no green screen there's no compositing uh yeah. or anything uh the effect in sherlock jr where he like astral projects was like a major technical accomplishment for the time um hmm. I-, I can't remember exactly how they did that but if you read about how he did it it's like just in- it's one of those insane things you know like you like really could
2: hand by hand putting two frames of video together or whatever
1: Film, but yeah, that you that know what I mean. thing. Yeah, um, did you guys? Well, would do you know the stunt in uh, Sherlock? Excuse me, Steamboat Bill Jr. that that broke his neck. But no, Sherlock. Now I'm now my brain's. Well, he broke his neck. No, anyway, so. no. Okay, you don't even know what
2: film it is, so of course we don't.
1: Well, that is, <laughs> it's the um. It's the, well, I watched him in Quick Succession tonight. Uh, it's the uh the water tower suddenly dropping water on him. Oh. Huh? Really? Yeah,
2: well, it's more than you think.
1: <laughs> exactly. which And they were not expecting that much water to come out either. And he walks away from it. You see him in the shot walk away, but it's like three years later, he's in the doctor, and the guy's like, dude, you broke your neck, and it's like reset itself. And he had had like migraines and a whole lot of health problems from it. So, uh, yeah, that, that stunt actually did him some great damage, and he was just like, ooh, that hurt, you know, but it, it turned out that he properly broke
0: it. <laughs> Gnarly. Okay. So can, uh, I, can I jump back a second? Um, the I, I don't know if I ever noticed this in other silent films, but the inline credits to the beginning of the movie, and I noticed this in both of the movies, really confused me initially because <laughs> they would they would show the card and they would say who it is and they would have a dash and it would be the actual actor. And I didn't realize that was the actor. I thought that was the name of the character. And then one of the cards had the character and the actor, but it was in different positions. I'm like, I'm I'm completely lost. I actually had to stop and look at IMDb to see who was who. Um, I guess I
2: just didn't pay attention to that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> I just go straight to,
1: I think I go yeah. straight to IMDb for most of the, that sort of thing or, or Wiki, you know. So, but yeah, now that you're mentioning it, and characters don't necessarily have like names, like right. It's weird. Like in the movie, he's Sherlock Junior, but in the "quote unquote" real world, he's just the protagonist. I should have called him the projectionist. I missed that. Oops. <laughs>
0: yeah, he's the projectionist, and then in Steamboat Bill, the first mate is just called the first mate. But if you look on IMDb, he's a, he actually has a character name. So it's it's weird how they how they set that up. I mean, everything's kind of loose loose, right? At that point, it's how how they want to present the movie. The other thing I noticed with the with the beginning of uh Sherlock Junior, the fonts or the typeface was really weird. <laughs> you got to was... stand out. <laughs> well, did you guys notice that it was like CT and ST had like a circle connecting it and I was I'm I'm, I'm staring at this going what on earth is this? I could not make it out. And then I was just like, oh, oh, OK, let me just ignore it and just kept going. I don't know. I focus on things like that sometimes.
1: I guess it's because now, you know, these days um, you're going to be on Word or something and you're going to just look through that list of fonts. And then, mm. you know, in 1924, you've got to do it by hand.
2: <laughs> well, I, I remember reading when they were making the Star Wars prequels. It was a big issue. Like no one could remember what font they'd used for the originals. And then they obviously it was also tilted at an angle, so it wasn't easy to just put it into a computer and find out. So they were having to like tilt it back to being upright, then figure out what font it is, and then recreate it for the prequels.
1: <laughs>
2: well, I was going to add a question actually, Matt. So, yeah, obviously, sure. Mickey Mouse we have Steamboat Willie, and here's Steamboat Bill. I assume they're both references to something, but what?
1: Um, I think steamboat willie is basically kind of half and like referencing this movie because but then this was one's a,
2: called steamboat bill jr so that implies that there's like a sherlock jr right and there's sherlock before that yeah what was the steamboat bill before steamboat bill jr or there wasn't
1: oh there's keaton's jr and and the river guy's bill senior right okay 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 <laughs> i mean that's what i assumed at least they're they're both yeah. still so I don't know if there was the some
2: room. some more serious thing called Steamboat Bill that they're both referring to. Yeah, yeah it's he's like...
0: referring to a uh, he's referring to a Confederate general. No, just... <laughs> 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 <Well, laughs> there's an awful lot of that. No, <laughs> Steamboat
2: Bill is a song from 1910.
1: Okay, so this is the so sequel that's, to the that's, song.
2: Yeah, well, that's what the the name is referencing. I knew the name had to be referencing something because it's so specific.
1: Right. But then, right. yeah,
2: you're probably right. that Steamboat Willie was just going off of this.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, one of the reasons we know Chaplin better is while both of them were making successful movies, Chaplin was a little bit more successful. But I I guess, you know, Walt Disney could have could have been making referencing this and or both or, you know, yeah. Steamboat Bill
2: notably inspired two major works of American film, the 1928 Buster Keaton film, Steamboat Bill Jr. and Steamboat Willie, the first Mickey Mouse cartoon.
1: that we got to trust Wiki then. Yeah. (laughs) Steam both 1928 movie. yeah so, so even if it year... was
2: yeah like they if it was like just literally ripping off and they busted it out quick
1: <laughs> busted it out quick yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah and animation takes time especially uh, yeah, animation's trend. not that quick yeah maybe, maybe it's just like how you know like the 90s are back in fashion it's always like two or three decades back in fashion again so mm-hmm. could be that sort of thing I don't know uh well since we are in such stunt laden films do you guys have a favorite maybe you mentioned it already
0: hmm I like the I like the train I actually like the I like most of the gags and the uh stunts in in uh, Sherlock jr better than Steamboat Bill um Steamboat bill felt like a lot of like over the top house destruction for the sake of house destruction like oh my god a house fell on him although i think they probably filmed that in reverse i don't know they picked up the house and then played it backwards that felt more kind of on the nose and in, in the hurricane scene there you know the tilted house that kind of like looked like it dug itself into the ground
1: oh right right yeah because yeah the the um the famous one is going forward <laughs>
0: Right, yeah. When he, yeah. When the house falls down and it falls, he he, fall, he It how ha- falls down with him through the window, like that's the front of the house. But there's one where the actual house falls on him. He's in the middle of a field. Right, right. And the way that it's shot, it's like very, very jerky. Like they kind of settled it down on him, <laughs> <laughs> and then played it backwards and reversed. And that was
2: one of the only shots that looked like an effect
0: in the right. whole thing exactly um but then the train one was fun i like the motorcycle one too that one was kind of fun in uh oh yeah the motorcycle bit was great yeah he's like going for a long time and he's he's constantly telling his man gillette back there you know watch where you're going watch where you're going or something like that and he doesn't realize that he's literally just riding the front of the motorcycle and it's i wonder if he was doing if they started it and just let him go
2: Mm
0: -hmm. um I don't know. yeah pretty...
2: a few years later i assume it was radio controlled but uh, this time i'm guessing not
1: <laughs> yeah they were doing something mad there i mean um did did either of you guys watch babylon
0: no no i it's on my list i never got a chance to yet it's not on yeah. my list i don't give a shit <laughs>
1: <laughs> you gotta deal, you gotta deal with a whole lot of elephant poop like in the first five minutes so mm-hmm. be warned about that but You know, after the wild party, uh, it's the next day everyone's on set where you see, I'm more likely to re
2: watch Babylon 5 before I watch Babylon.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, anyway, the point is when they show the set, it's like they're out, like you know, LA County shrub, just a giant field. And here's like set up for a little chamber drama with a a house set, and and directly next to that is like Centurions having like a uh, you know, all out battle. Meanwhile, three stunt people here or there are dead you know <laughs> so just all these movies being made in the same place because you know the noise doesn't matter does it so mm. and and people are dying on set because they're riding on the front of moving motorcycles and stuff <laughs> oops that guy actually got stabbed by like a centurion staff you know <laughs> yeah but um i guess that's kind of the energy of something like that motorcycle ride you know <laughs> The the
2: thing I took away from um, Steamboat, not Steamboat, sorry, Sherlock Junior, was it's amazing how early we are in cinema and yet it's already being so meta.
1: That's one of the big conversations about that that particular one. Which which, um, let's let's get to that. Uh, I, I did want to get the the stunt right. I'll I'll just shoot out the one that I liked this time was the coming off of the building and and onto the the car. That thing.
2: probably is mine as well.
1: Okay. just because I'm
2: watching it and I'm like how's he going to get down and then he does it and I'm just like great
1: that's probably the most Chan like stunt
0: (laughs) yeah 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 it's very Chan the one that I think is technically the most interesting aside from him walking into the movie is he turns the corner and he's in the back he's in the kind of like the back alley and he's got nowhere to go and the guys are chasing him after he saves his girlfriend or whatever Um, Uh,
2: when he goes through the case
0: Yeah, he jumps through Gillette's case, and he's gone. And, like, Mm. you can't... I don't know if that's just great editing. It has to be. I don't know how else they would have done that. But it is seamless. That I watched it a few times.
1: That was making use of one of his old vaudeville bits. They had perfected that, like, around 1905. I feel like I've seen that on
2: stage.
1: Yeah. So they were just like, hey, we could put this little bit... like." Like we don't even have to set this up. It's like the pants in the uh, Twilight Zone episode. It was just like a really old bit that they used to that he used to do. And it's like, well, here's a good place to put it. You know, it doesn't. You know, he can do that in his sleep. (laughs) Yeah. Where some of the others, you got to definitely be awake for for that stunt. Um, Let us talk about the meta because I think that is the key. That that's why I like Sherlock Jr. so much because we're already looking at yeah like what's the nature of the movies what's the division between the audience um all that sort of thing uh we talked about the astral projection shot being pretty cool how do you feel about him stepping into the movie
2: that look but what you mean like as a as a shot
1: yeah as a shot
2: yeah it looked really good i assumed that they just set up a fake cinema and the screen was actually a stage
1: yeah, they did that's what they took- did too the reason it i would i would say it looks good um is it was through lighting where they right, hyper make it- yeah they hyperlit that set and then you know the theater itself was more naturally lit so it, it they were you know the harsh yeah, so lighting made the it work. Yeah, exactly
0: so and they're kind of distracting you because he's he's walking down from the back of the theater and he sits and he walks a little bit further and he sits and you're constantly like you're trying to look at the screen and i at least for me every single time you're looking at the screen quote-unquote the movie screen he gets up and he moves and you follow him so it's like you're not focusing too much on what's going on up on the screen um and then they also transition very quickly from like you know half cut kind of shots to full body shots like the full room yeah. Um, so they did they, they played a little bit with perspective and then kind of trickery of like leading your eye and then suddenly he's like standing up on stage and you're like okay are people just gonna like start throwing stuff at him you know get you know because people people in those times were just given rotten cabbage and tomatoes at the door apparently <laughs> um so i thought they were gonna start throwing rotten vegetables at him but he walks in i was like wow that's neat <laughs> i like that a lot <laughs> and then of course what i
2: really loved was the that it would cut between different scenes and he's like in position where he you know he tries to jump in the water and then the water's not there and all of that stuff was great
0: that was weird i didn't understand that at all <laughs> i think the idea what- is he's got to
1: adapt to the logic of a movie because movies have cuts and he's like not navigating those cuts at first um mm-hmm. that said what he what it's doing is I wrote my notes. It's more like channel flipping, which is weird for 1924, since they didn't have yeah. TV yet. But I, it felt like something like in um, what what is the uh, the John Ritter movie where he's stuck in the TV or something? Yeah, something like that. Uh, from the late 80s, early 90s. So I was like, wow, that's that's a weird thing to have for 1924. But you still got the idea of you know editing and cutting by 1924. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you can do you can do that. But yeah, those are impressive stunts that you're barely tracking as stunts because you're too impressed by the effect, especially being done at that time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. The way they did the effect was amazing. I just completely did not understand it. It felt like a really weird and bizarre dream sequence within the dream. It was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it's like a second dream sequence within dream sequence. It's like, you know, you're sitting there dreaming about, you know, going somewhere and skiing the slopes. And then suddenly you hit the, hit the bottom of the slope and you're, you know, having tea with elephants or something. I, I don't know. It's like, it's, that's what my boring. dreams are like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and I've, I've, I've had weird dreams where um, I didn't see the first layer as a dream, but then in that dream, I went to sleep again. And then I was like, recognize that as a dream. So, <laughs> you know, like I'm, do- I'm personally incepting myself or, or something. I, I will say I mentioned on that twilight zone podcast a few months ago that I, I, just as a test tried to see if um during a, a snack time if buster keaton could get a five-year-old's attention and this sequence did because at first they were like what is this you know because they're five and it's, i'm showing them this weird black and white thing but 30 seconds in they were like in, you know like into it so like more than expected so there's something to it <laughs>
2: no, we, we've been watching the um wily e. coyotes in my snack times
1: okay well they have an age today (laughs) no also very buster keaton style humor there you know (laughs) weird devices you know rube goldberg machines in effect uh of course it's an animated uh coyote in that case but uh not a person but yeah you can do more with that in in some ways so
2: (laughs) oh thinking about it growing up my buster keaton was mr bean yeah Uh, but he's not stone-faced he's always making an expression
0: (laughs) He's almost, he's almost the exact opposite. It's like, yeah.
2: Uh, and it's all his fault.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I actually, I, it's funny. My, uh, my 12 year old, I actually just showed her Mr. Bean the first, first season, first episode. And I honestly was not sure what she was going to get out of it. And, cause I, I love Mr. Bean, I love Mr. Bean Blackadder, all, you know, a lot of Rowan Atkinson stuff. And, hmm. uh, She was laughing like really hard. I was like, wow, this is impressive. (laughs) I'm glad about that.
1: I'm like one of the few people that came in through Blackadder. So I I, I do have Mr. Bean on disc. I'd go watch it, but I've I've never fully clicked in with Mr. Bean because I I just want to hear elaborate insults coming out of Ron Atkinson's mouth. And of course, that does not happen with Mr. Bean. So no. (laughs) But yeah, that, that's that's my I guess that's my favorite bit of Atkinson. The, the try uh...
2: try watching Mr. Bean, but just turn the sound off and treat it like a silent film. I think you'll dig it.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, maybe I'll play my own music over. I could try that. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Just sit with your guitar and watch silent Mr. Bean.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. I I did recently um see the clip of uh, him uh, of Ron Atkinson doing sort of the Bean thing at the uh 2012 o- opening ceremony of the Olympics. So that was kind of nice. fun. Yeah, if you all have seen that. <laughs> It's i the, think uh, i
2: did back when it happened
1: yeah it's the chariots of fire bit where he's got like you know mm. i think oh uh, he's doing oh, a pop 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 he's like getting bored and finding other things to do and uh doing getting into bean stuff right
2: yeah so, yeah, yeah i remember
1: that was good i like that so yeah i'm not i'm just saying i haven't sat down and you know really watched them but maybe i'll do it with my guitar sometime that sounds that sounds like a proper suggestion <laughs> um something that I also thought was kind of almost modern metahuma was the end of the movie where he's watching the movie and then turning back to his girl to try and figure out what to do with her.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and the there's... look on his face when, when babies appear on the screen,
0: <laughs> <laughs> then they fade out. Yeah. It was there's
1: great. A, there's another one, a uh, college, uh, not one of his best movies, but the ending is great. Cause, um, it does the happily ever after thing with him and the, and the girl in the college who's been chasing. So it shows them getting married and then it shows them with kids and it just shows their gravestones and then the movie's over. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was a, that's a good joke in a movie that, eh, I mean, it's still, I mean, as, that one has less Yeah, that's should. gag. Yeah, I should, I, I'm, I'm not recommending that one necessarily if you're chasing these with an Arkeetan uh, for that, what, our hospitality or... Uh, Seven Seven Chances has a fantastic uh, chase at the end. Perhaps you've seen the uh the image of a guy running from like three hundred brides before.
2: Maybe, but it's not immediately okay.
1: to mind. It, it shows up. They use that clip in a lot of stuff, but that's the climax of the movie. You know, it's always like usually like a chase or something. And in this case, it's mm. uh, him being chased by three hundred women and 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 wedding dresses.
2: Bad story of my life,
1: mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The uh, going back to the story a little bit. um, The the whole setup was kind of I I, I was trying to pay attention just for like the cultural cues. Mm. And it was kind of interesting to see, like. For for all the for all the stuff when we talked about and we did talk about it, like, you know, things happening around and kind of like to him. Um, the money gag I thought was pretty funny in the beginning with the garbage, he's cleaning up the trash and, uh, you know, he finds a dollar bill and he has only $2. He, he has, he needs $3, right? He needs $3 or $4 or something to, mm. to buy the gift. And he finds $1 and he's like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And then like this pretty lady shows up. She's like, Oh, I lost the dollar bill. And then the poor, who is obviously a poor lady. Also lost a dollar bill, but something happened there, and he's like, you know it you felt the emotion from him, like, oh, you know, now I have to help this poor woman, and it's like you know, it's, it's still my money, but yeah you know, it felt really bad um the the i I thought the uh the, I don't even know what to call him at the end, who was looking for what eventually turned out to be his wallet, yeah, stuff with bills. Yeah, he's like, oh, here's your dollar bill. He's like, I don't want a dollar bill. Like, <laughs> he pulls out the whole wallet. It's like a lot of cash. I'm like, oh, my God. Of course, my,
1: my favorite part of that bit is, have you seen my my dollar? And then describe it, you know? Uh, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a great way of using some, because uh, they're like, oh, he couldn't transfer talkies because he couldn't do verbal humor. I said, yes, he could. He's just in a silent movie. Did vaudeville for years. You have to be able to do. Um, uh, the, the story is he went, to school for one day of his life when he was a child and they were like maybe when we're in a town that we should just put him in the local school and he was just sitting there doing zingers all morning till they- and they kicked him out <laughs> <laughs> so he was certainly capable of um verbal humor but these movies uh do have a lot fewer intertitles than a lot of silent movies do especially like dramatic ones where so you know the story really is trying to be put forth visually as much as possible which is kind right. of i think one one of the and reasons I love that, that. stands out because that's the one time they go with that you know
0: yeah but yeah, yeah, did, yeah that
2: makes sense
0: but they did give some of the clues that i thought was actually kind of like well they gave clues around like what who the character was like the sheik i had to look up what sheik meant in this context because is he a pimp it, i didn't look it up i just <laughs> apparently apparently, chic is I had to look it up and I def- definitely wrote down the definition a man held to be masterful and irresistibly charming to women uh, I thought he was a cad I think maybe <laughs> cad might be a,
2: I, a, I think it's, it's he thinks of himself as the chic rather than he necessarily just is one
0: right
1: I mean that's one of the few like named characters so yeah make yes. it funny right
0: <laughs> the dapper cad the dapper chic um and then there was also another note in there. I looked in the background The The movie that was playing or one of them was Lounge Lizards Lost Love In five parts Yes <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, You bake in the jokes where you can right or, yeah. or maybe that was just a real movie I don't know what things were like in 1924 <laughs> <laughs> If it is that's my next pick I, um, I guess that means it's a five reeler
2: Yeah
1: yeah I guess that's a, a I would mean a five-reeler because, you know, back in the day, it'd be like, how many reels is the film? So, mm. you know, Keaton graduated from two-reelers to six-reelers. So, actually, Sherlock Jr. would only be like a three-reeler, I think, because it's, mm. it's shorter. But, yeah. That's one th- I love Sherlock Jr. because it's 45 minutes and you can speed it up and not really miss too much if you want to. It's just like in, out, does what it needs to do, gone, you know? <laughs>
2: One thing I'm interested. So Sherlock Jr. implies that Sherlock movies were big at the time, but I can't imagine people were in were people into Sherlock movies during silent film.
1: Yeah, the books were still coming out that time. Yeah, but like Doyle writing it into the twenties.
2: <laughs> what what's a silent Sherlock Holmes film like?
1: A lot of intertitles.
2: <laughs> yeah, they, they they're still talking.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not like they have the option, right? So they have to just go with the intertitles, I guess. Um, I have not watched Silent Sherlock Holmes, but I'm pretty sure it was a thing. I keep having Wait. YouTube uh, trying to get me to watch 1915's 50-minute-long Alice in Wonderland, which I keep almost clicking on, but I haven't yet.
0: <laughs> that's that's weird, because after every, single sti- after every single Buster Keaton movie, it wanted me to watch Cannonball Run 2. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> specifically well, Cannonball Run 2 and Bolt I not even half Jackie Ch- Oh is he in
2: okay. 2
0: I think it's in 2 and not 1 yeah oh
1: Maybe I thought that's was in one it
0: there's two. the connection yeah he was in the he was in the car right the uh the super fancy japanese car
1: the last time i saw cannonball run 2 was like 1984 so i was 5 years old so uh, i'm not i'm not going to have too much of a ping on there <laughs> i do remember though i don't know if my... i've
2: seen cannonball run 2
1: that's one that just HBO would show like every other movie in the mid 80s. Mm. So when I was at my, my aunt's house, who had all the cable, uh, you'd just, just Cannibal Run would be on a lot. Or Cannibal Run 2, excuse me. I never saw the first one.
0: <laughs> no, the first one's great.
1: No, I understand the first one's the good one, and the second <laughs> one's the r- ridiculous <laughs> one. <laughs> the Fast and the Furious of its Day. Oh, <laughs> If you
2: don't um, count the previously existing film called The Fast and the Furious,
1: <laughs> I, I guess uh, I just have to throw out for my own observations that the the hat shopping scene in Steamboat Bill Junior. is pretty much what happens when I go shopping for hats. So,
2: oh, all, all clothes, I'd imagine,
1: especially hats though. Uh, yeah. Playa, if you've been to the Air Ario, that scene's played out at Playa a few times. <laughs> it is spelled P L A Y A. So. <laughs>
0: You know that I I noticed something with the the he has I don't know I I wish I knew the names of hats you know I, I'm I I have tons of useless trivial facts names of hats never seem to stick. Imagine um, if
2: you wasted your wish with a genie on that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We'd have a, you'd know more about hats. <laughs> can I can I know all the names of hats? But <laughs> in that in that scene in Steamboat Bill where he's in the haberdasher right. There you mm-hmm. go. Um, oh, okay, that's math knowledge.
1: Three points for uh, vocabulary.
0: <laughs> he, uh, he, he's going through all the hats, and one of the hats is like his typical hat. Mm. Right, that's a meta gra- joke. <laughs> yeah, he grabs it really quickly and throws it away, like immediately. Like, no, 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 I'm not going to grab this one. Which I thought that, was really funny.
1: That is that one is called a pancake hat, and yes, I have thought about buying one. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I you right, can tell Matt me. I can mean, sit here and try it. I, have, I can do it right here. You can tell me which one works. That one's a little pimpier. Yeah, that one's from Playa. Well, as Luke you know, knows. I'm, I'm wanting a this cowboy one... hat.
2: Yeah. Oh, I might use that one all through the winter.
1: Yeah, this one's just on my head through the entire winter because not gonna winters are cold.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm a big hat guy because there's only like two weeks in a year where I can get away with not wearing a hat <laughs> because I'm either wearing one to not burn or wearing one to not be cold. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Radio. So you need a pancake hat, yeah?
2: Well, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting a sombrero, but mm-hmm. not the one you're thinking of when I go to Mexico. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, not, not the pink one. Okay.
2: No, I'm gonna get a cowboy hat, but
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would uh, show you my, uh, my gray felt alpine hat, but it's all the way upstairs, and I don't have it here, unfortunately.
1: Oh, I have another hat over here. I just, and I actually skipped one on this hat rack too. So I have, I have a lot of hats. I don't wear hats in summer at all, though. I mean, I well, I don't have your problem, Luke, of course, but uh, yeah, yeah, I just like I, I just can't wear them in summer because my wife's like, oh, you need to stay out of the sun, put on the hat, and like I can't deal with it. Like, after three <laughs> minutes, I'm going to take it off anyway, so.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm having to become like an old Japanese guy and put a towel between my head and the hat sometimes in summer.
1: Oh, okay, see, playa, playa, if you pay them two extra bucks, they'll install a little strip in the front of the brim, so yeah
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> my uh you know i was talking to a friend of mine one of my coworkers, and he's big into hats as well he was just trying to find somebody to help replace a sweatband in his hat ah, we, were okay. talking about, we were talking about a milliner which is the which is the name for a hat maker and repairer um being um, you know i, I just I think mean, of
2: the football player james milner i think that is <laughs> a word for me. somewhere in his somewhere in his family history someone was making straps for hats four
0: vocabulary points and i i'm in the new york area and we we were surprised how few places you could actually find that repair hats anymore it was actually kind of sad there's not like
1: a minimum black little style dive in lower manhattan
0: where you can do that (laughs) possibly (laughs) i think you got to go digging around delancey street to see if you i'm pretty
2: sure eddie milner that's still operating in 2023. If you go in there and ask for the right kind of hat, you're going to join the CIA.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sure. See, I don't even know if I could say I'm into hats. I just have a lot of hats. So,
2: (laughs) it would have to be a really big hat for you to be in it.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You could could live in a hat. I was going to make a joke, but yeah, Lidsville, the Sid Marty Croft show. There we go. They all live in hats. I think they are hats on that show. I don't remember. Um, that
2: bouncing like back.
1: something you're oh,
2: Massively misremembering. <laughs> so that was a show. Like, I, I think they're all hats or something.
1: <laughs> I know. I remember the song. Lidsville, Lidsville, and it's it's usually in the city. of Marty Crofts. It's like kind of like a eight ten yeah six to ten year old kid, right? so it mm. feels like but in lidsville the kids like 15 She's like what the hell this kid's stoned <laughs> <laughs> and he looks stoned and the show feels stoned so i'm going to have I, to look up lidsville stoned
2: now. face jackson
1: that's right no i you, i will have no li, the lidsville intro don't watch the episode or watch the episode if you want but the the it did blast hr puffin stuff out of the water for being a, a whacked out intro to something
0: um <laughs> Wow, I just looked at this. Yeah, this is... Yeah, wow.
1: See, Luke, sometimes the mad shit I'm talking about is real.
0: <laughs> Every now and then.
1: Uh, do any I had guys... this friend
2: back in the day called Colin, and he would always tell us stuff that sounds too insane to be true. But then it, he was always kind of telling the truth. It's just he had a very weird way of like expressing things. Like when we were all into heroes... He's like, oh yeah, yeah, it's season two. Ando does a Hadouken. We're like, what are you talking about? No, he doesn't. <laughs> and then we get to the bit, and like, he gets the power to give other people powers. It's like, I oh, kind of does do a Hadouken.
1: <laughs> there you go. Colin, it works. Colin does it again. He's um, what, what is the uh, what's the Trek guy? The Trek species that speaks in metaphors.
0: Oh. um. Oh. Yeah, Darmok and Jalad. Uh, yes, Darmok's uh, all I
1: needed there. They do have a name. By... All, I, all I Now I forgot the other thing I was thinking of. Okay, anyway, yeah, Darmok, that sort of stuff. Um, mm. That's Tony Todd, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> do you want to throw out any other observations you guys had on on either of these movies?
2: I think I've got everything on my system. I thought it was I, I did Just looking at Buster Keaton himself, he really looks like Jim Parsons. So if they ever do a biography of him, I guess that's who would get to play him.
1: Huh? The ghost of Buster Keaton? Oh, you're going the other way. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I thought you're saying, you were saying. I thought you were saying Buster. Oh, Keaton if is they gonna were gonna. No! <laughs> <laughs> Which actually, okay. Uh, I, okay. I don't I mean, know like, why. I'd be
2: more likely to watch that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was like I got it wrong, and I feel dumb for getting it wrong. But I was like, "But, but I do like my idea better." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, Spencer, bouncing the ball your way.
0: Uh, Steamboat Bill, I thought was kind of interesting—the whole social dynamic stuff. Um, curious how that would have played around the 20s and 30s, where big rich man taking over the town is putting down the local and incumbent. Um the uh the description of the movie I actually you said you said uh, his son is a bit of a dandy the description mm. I saw was his a fat son which <laughs> I thought was funny so you saw dandy I saw a fat. um so now we know what you know, weakling people were called back in the day I um, mean
1: as Luke knows I I literally
0: do the ukulele bit with babies so <laughs> <laughs> I, think- I, I gotta I gotta see you do that in silent films dancing around um <laughs> and then covering it with your own ukulele uh in the background.
1: Yeah um, I got sad when with was curb stomped.
0: The the umbrella gag with the water for a second,
2: I thought when you said I do the ukulele bit with babies, you meant you do that to babies.
0: <laughs> no, no, dance around like
1: a mad fool with uh yeah. trying to and trying to keep kids from not crying and entertaining them, right? Yeah. <laughs>
2: I mean they would stop crying if you curb stopped
1: them. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that that erased whatever we interrupted that with. What we're we talking about. <laughs> I think Spencer is midpoint, but I forgot what it was. <laughs> umbrella. It was something about umbrellas, umbrella gag.
0: <laughs> oh, right. The umbrella gag where it's it's raining, the umbrella blows up. And I was waiting for it. And actually came through, and it's still funny. So oh, I didn't think that water.
1: I didn't think that was funny because that happens to me regularly in, out here. Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> so you walk it. You walk into your house and just dump water on your wife when you come in.
1: Yeah, she's she's pissed about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just got
2: a new umbrella for my birthday from my sister. Um, I, I can probably we... guess what kind of umbrella someone would buy me. Kirby. Oh, no. I mean, yeah, but pink,
1: no, it's a this... Kirby umbrella. That's a good guess.
2: No, it's one of those samurai sword ones. Here it is.
1: Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> OK, yeah. Oh, wow. that, that also makes sense. But Interesting. Big pink Kirby umbrella. I can see you with that.
0: <laughs> oh, I would love a big pink Kirby umbrella. You
1: know that. <laughs> it wasn't a bad guess is what I'm saying. No,
0: no, no, no. I got I got a good reference for for Luke. God. When uh, when he punches the sheriff, he punches the sheriff in the stomach, and I immediately thought of King Hippo from Punch Out. Oh the-
2: yeah, yeah, yeah!
0: <laughs> <laughs> Flat stomach. Yeah.
2: Um, that pr- the prison break bit was um, that was that was another sort of those were the kind of gags that would work in a talkie as well, right? Less over the top. Yeah. Like giving ex- giving dumb excuses, all of that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. I- Before I I do want to get to this, is you know, talking about the film and filth, uh, where it is, but how much of this would you say, like, rates as modern humor, like, still works today? I mean, there's certainly a few gags that don't, but I feel like most of them are still pretty funny. That's part of the charm of these movies.
2: Like we were talking about, like, this kind of silent comedy or the Looney Tunes stuff, it just doesn't age. Like, when, when we put, like, Tom and Jerry or Wile E. Coyote on at work, and it's like, people from all different countries, people from all different ages, everyone's chuckling, you know? Like, that kind of humor is pretty timeless.
1: Of course, in Japan, Tom and Jerry does um, throw them screaming, I'll kill you and stuff in Japanese over it, which does make it slightly <laughs> funnier, in a way. <laughs> <Shanae>! <laughs> right? <laughs> you get a lot of that in, in Japanese Tom and Jerry, whereas they don't talk at all in English. But yeah, I guess there is something to, to silent comedy where... Maybe it can't be, I mean, again, it can't be as sophisticated as a uh, Blackadder insult, right? Which maybe mm. keeps it a little more universal.
2: Yeah. But the, again, but there is a sophistication to it and an art to it, right?
1: Right. Like, and I guess that's partly where, where the filmmaking chops come in, you know? Yeah. Like the film supports the jokes, like with early film technique, early special effects and insane stunts. Um, I, I have heard put out once or twice that Steamboat Bill Jr., like, that's when his marriage was disintegrating, and his wife was running away with his house and money and stuff, so hmm. people, I have heard people point out, I wonder if he was like, well, if the stunt doesn't go right, man." Nah. I actually had a
0: note, I actually had a note, I was wondering how many of those pratfalls were, were him doing it on purpose, and how many of them were just like, well, I'm going to try this, and if it happens, it happens, like particularly around the boat, like, he's walking around at night, and he steps off the boat and I'm like, <laughs> it felt too real to not be like to 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 not be intentional on some level. It's it's actually kind of funny that you say that. And It's like, holy cow, you don't know what is going to happen when you fall literally 10 feet down, Um, no matter how much you try and plan for that. Right. So uh, it was it was actually kind of interesting how much stuff was there that I was really wondering. It's like, OK, he's just going to fall down and see what happens. And if he gets hurt, we'll do it again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's that's I guess that's part of the charm of the uh, stone face. Right. You can't tell. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it, and since he's been doing this since he was five years old, it's not going to break. Um, I think you can find photos of Buster Keaton smiling, but he, he would go out of his way to. Like, he said he was stressed out by attending Hollywood comedy premieres because people would see him laughing at funny movies. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want people to see him laughing. <laughs> he wanted to see the movie, but he didn't want people yeah. to see him laughing, so yeah. um, I mean, I'll fight people in the in the alley for not calling this a film, but is there anything filthy you want to throw on it?
2: Just the Stonewall
0: Jackson reference, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, again, that's one of the reasons that we did not do the general. <laughs>
0: His father treating him like garbage was pretty bad. I mean, like, you know, taking his ukulele and smashing it. That uh, was
1: his vaudeville routine with his actual father, who, uh, again, shows up in these movies. So, uh, but, yeah. yeah, that was that was his vaudeville stick that um, he's the little stinker that doesn't even change his expression. And and dad is, you know, going it's kind of like a uh, well. <sighs> Freddie. nobody gets Freddie got finger references but sort of ripped porn in that movie to anyone has seen it that's sort of the same act so you know people are still trying to do it and, and to a certain extent
0: it's funny though because um his father is I mean how tall was that actor he must have been like six foot six at least right because right
1: w- once he wasn't working with his real dad like as his main partner um the the his shtick was he's Keaton's a little guy, right? Like Jackie right. mm. Chan. So, um, you know the his adversary or or not in this case just his friction has to be with a very large man, and, right? And I think in many of the shorts and um his first movie Three Ages, it was always the same guy. So it was like a comedy duo. But that guy died after Three Ages, so he had to you know start filling the role with other people. And again, he started off making uh, movies with Fatty Arbuckle. So that's part of the mm-hmm. shtick. Although the, the thing with Fatty Arbuckle is most of his jokes are not focused on him being fat. He just is big. And that was turned out to be his uh, stage nickname. So, But the jokes themselves are not like fat jokes, if, if you ever do watch some of those. He's just big boned. I am trying to bring up a bad review for Sherlock Jr. I, I kind of forgot to do that a little bit uh, ahead of time. So I'm I'm, I'm I'm, vamping. I'm vamping right now while I'm scrolling. I'm vamping and scrolling. Wow, I'm doing a really bad Let job. Let me go back a
2: movie. little bit to the... Um, talking about, like, the art form of these films. I think this kind of slapstick is to comedy what, like, action is to drama. Where, like, people act like action is, like, simple, dumb filmmaking. But doing action well is incredibly sophisticated and difficult, right? Like there are for every one John Wick, there's a hundred straight to TVD, terrible action movies.
0: Oh, I've seen, I've seen friends who've done, like I used to, I used to do Taekwondo and I knew somebody who, who decided to do his own video martial arts film. Nice, uh, <laughs> Tough guy defending, tough guy defending the neighborhood type of movie. I was like, Oh my gosh.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, me and my friends used to try and film, like, you know, elaborate lightsaber fights with umbrellas.
1: You know? <laughs> Uh-oh, I've run into a problem. There's no bad reviews? The lowest one for Sherlock Jr. is 3 out of 10. And the lowest one for Steamboat Bill, weirdly, is 5 out of 10. So, <laughs> even though I, I would also contend Sherlock Jr. is the better of the two, even though I like both. Um so I guess I, I don't know. Do, do I just go with the three? You all want to hear a three star review? Sure. Okay. There's only like one three star review. Okay. Uh there's two.
2: Terrible movie. Sound was broken.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh How's one of them. Talk? One of them likes Charlie Chaplin and, and doesn't like the other. Uh one, one likes Charlie, one doesn't like Charlie. Which one do you want to hear? Probably the one that likes. Yeah, just know.
2: give it, let's give us
1: the beef. Totally nearly unwatchable. When I first saw this movie in the 250 list, I thought, well, 40 minutes is worth a try. Then the movie came to prime video and I watched it. Well, what should I say about it? I watched the best Charlie Chaplin movies without tone and color, and I really liked The Gold Rush, for example. But in comparison to this, Sherlock Holmes Jr. is just nothing. I quickly turned away and did something else. Meanwhile, the movie run in the background. It's just not for me. I'm sure that some people like the movie because they love this old pieces of art, but especially younger people just like me will have some issues. I watched it because it's on the list and that's that. Three out of five found that helpful. So how do you
0: how do you watch a silent how do you how do you say you watch the silent movie and not actually looking at the screen?
1: <laughs> well, I guess that means they didn't really watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that occurred to me.
0: I mean, I don't want to I listen to the music. <laughs> can't dance to it give it a three out of ten
1: maybe it's because i'm an english teacher but i would take the review like a lot more seriously if it didn't have like five weird grammatical errors i don't know Luke, how do you feel about that you do the same thing
2: <laughs> yeah i i do i do get get. i do judge people on the grammar a lot
0: yeah i i do it in an official form i go back and re-edit my posts like all the time now in slack it's pretty bad Oh,
1: same here. I mean, you're on the Discord. You'll almost always see my messages have a little edited thing by it, you know. <laughs> so, I, back, I hate back that it when shows I was that. in
2: when I was in the dating game, like that, if I'm on like Tinder or whatever, and the grammar's bad, that would kind of that would end it for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. Okay.
2: Well, there was uh. a girl I was actually seeing for a while back in the UK, and one of the main things that put me off her, she would never write ha ha ha, she would write, "Uh huh," and I'm like, that's not a laugh, that's you saying, uh-huh,
0: I'm mm. like,
2: I could never get over that, really what did, okay. what did you
0: that. discover, you discovered something, aha,
2: <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> that really put me off,
1: <laughs> I don't know, my wife's normal response is, got you with you as a you, well, that's fine,
2: yeah, that's okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, i'm not against like using text talk just <laughs> to still be accurate
1: <laughs> i don't know i mean when i text you know if i'm on messenger and you know this i will write full sentences without you know notable mistakes and uh i might even put the sp question mark if i really don't know if i'm spelling it right you know so <laughs> but hey you are talking to english teachers so i guess that's what happens
0: <laughs> yeah uh
1: Final thoughts? Anyone wants to to punt out? Did I drag you through the? I guess I, I guess I did not drag you through like a uh, horrible slog, which I, I was worried no. that 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 both of you might be like, oh my god, dude, what's up with this? <laughs>
2: I what well, I it was like many of these on this podcast. I go into it like, uh, and then end up enjoying it. So, and I will say, if anyone's made it to this point in the podcast and not watched these, both of these films are on YouTube, and you can put them on two times speed and enjoy them.
1: Yeah. I'll, so, Sherlock jr. Is definitely in my top 20 movies. Um, I don't know if it's quite top 10 it might be, if I sat down and thought about it, but uh, you can put it at 1.5 or, or two, you know, it's fine. It, it looks like, it looks like what you think a silent movie looks like when you do that, because you can watch it in natural speed at regular mm. speed now, but we all think of, you know, so that it just, it does that, you know, <laughs>
0: yeah steamboat, steamboat bill i thought was dragged a little bit for me um i almost I, I i understand why they did the the jail scene because he had to go save his father from the water like i don't know if hmm. they could have figured out any other way to do that but i almost feel like the whole jailhouse scene was a little bit too much um overall though i I like both movies this is this is more stuff that you know i definitely want to i definitely want to go and see and watch it's actually kind of funny if you ever watch star trek discovery there's there's one of the episodes where the computer um the computer on the on the uh on the discovery becomes self-aware and recommends to the captain that they should watch a buster keaton movie Mm. and they're in like one of the halls or one of the shuttle bays or something, and they're all the, the entire crew is watching it and they're doubled over in laughter. I don't think I would ever get to that point, Um but it was definitely enjoyable. <laughs> with I a would, a group of people. I think
2: yeah, with a group of people who are all into it, you can.
0: Yeah. Like
2: like I said, we've been watching these old Wile e. Coyotes, and like once the kids start getting into it, I start laughing as well. And sometimes you are just really belly laughing at some of this stuff. It is infectious,
0: yeah. The I mean, laughter is yeah. infectious. And also, uh, like
2: if if you're a stuffy, stuffy captain who hasn't watched a comedy movie in your life, and then you're all stuck in a shuttle bay watching it, I can see it happening.
0: Yeah, it's a good release valve too. It's true. Um, you'll you'll probably just
1: have to tell me a shut up because I'll go on forever about Keaton. But um, one just to respond, you were mentioning oh they had to structure the story that way, blah blah. Um, I should mention this is one of the things that kind of killed his career as well. It wasn't the fact that he had to talk now, but um, these movies as were the case with many silent movies were just scenarios so yeah Yeah. if you're you're on the boat and suddenly like you said hey it would be kind of cool if he just walks off it that's that's fine the product that doesn't screw up the production you know Mm. because at most they've written down a few paragraphs of what they think should happen and can really change it so when he went to MGM MGM expects a finished script and he's like I can't make my movies that way we make we make half of the stuff up on the spot you know Yeah. (laughs) yeah So uh, that is that's another interesting bit of uh, silent filmmaking. One of the more fascinating things is that a lot of it is more off the cuff, like even big productions would just wing it a lot of the time. So. um <clears throat> but yeah, I, I guess I should shut myself up about, about this point. Uh, Spencer, you're saying you're doing a few other podcast spots and, and you're in two weeks. I think you're on the uh, Time Enough podcast, so people will hear you there. But
0: <laughs> I, I am. I, I should build that one. I'm on Time Enough pod. Um, it's uh, That one was an interesting one. I was actually talking to my brother about that, uh, who's uh, big into Twilight Zone and a lot of the other stuff back in the day. And he said he used to watch that after um what, what was the other big uh, out- uh outer so limits after, yeah i used to watch it after outer limits i was like really one step beyond was actually on tv he's like yeah 1 30 in the morning <laughs> so that was that was uh pretty funny to, to talk about that and then i've done a few of the star trek um episodes with uh folks called the b team uh people uh one of the guys john macy that um uh i finally connected with at at the big las vegas convention and he had a bunch of friends that they've been i think they're up to their 500th episode now and they talk about a whole bunch of other stuff uh movies and you know current movies out there and then i think they're covering farscape because they want to cover farscape but mostly i've been doing a lot of the star trek episodes with them so
1: all righty uh luke i'll bounce the ball your way you say what you want to say
0: We need music for uh, Luke's Luke's silent gag.
1: Well, you can put inner titles on Luke. <laughs> uh, you look at your phone. Look at your phone. You make the inner titles. It says something about podcast Podcasting, podcasting is on Patreon, and it says that, And now he's using obscenities. And yeah, most about, of the time I was. <laughs> <laughs> and something about uh, we're we're doing this in support of the SAC WGA stuff, and uh, do support them. I, I'm I'm sticking a link in the show notes for the time being, if uh, that was the most official looking one I could find so (laughs) it's there and inner title just said bye and come on Luke I'm sitting there oh he just gave the finger okay that should have been an inner title inner title for the finger that's something silent movies missed (laughs) Thank mm-hmm.